45 Years of the Rockford Files, revised third edition. The complete history of the Rockford Files on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com, rockford45.com. Hi, this is Moosey Dreyer, and you are listening to TV Confidential. Captain Crunch presents Breakfast on the Guppy. <laughs> Morning already, Sea Dog? Where's the crew? Hmm. All hands on deck! Pirates off the port ball! This ought to fetch him. It's Captain Crunch. The serial named after me. Ed Robertson, Crunch, author, guest Tim Hollis. Tim is the author, a part of a complete breakfast. Everything you wanted to know about just about every major serial character from the, particularly from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, the era where many of us grew up uh, as part of the baby boom generation watching. Uh, you know, Saturday morning, uh, not only uh, Saturday morning cartoons, but you know, animated commercials and other times in the day that uh, that, that promoted cereals made by Post and Kellogg's and, and Ralston, Purina, and other major uh, manufacturers. Tim's book, Part of a Complete Breakfast, Serial Characters of the Baby Boom Era, available in bookstores everywhere as well as Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com, and wherever books are sold online. Let's see. I want to talk about Hanna-Barbera and uh, Kellogg's, and I want to talk about Quaker Oats and Jay uh, Ward. But before before we do that, let's dovetail on the – in our previous segment, we we're, were talking about how um, uh, Quaker Oats got in trouble with real-life Quakers when they used the Popeye character because of the, of the way that uh, real-life Quakers thought Popeye promoted – Violence that that touches on uh, another topic that you discuss in great detail in uh, part of a complete breakfast, Tim, and that's what happened in the early 1970s uh, when a combination of things, including a crackdown on cartoon violence, kind of led to the demise of a lot of cartoon characters or serials. Well, that's correct. The uh uh, of course, the, the late 60s being the violent era that they were, that was when people really started uh, to, to make noise about violence on television or, or in children's television. And, of course, around the same time, you had um, groups like Action for Children's Television. Their goal was to completely eliminate advertising from children's TV mm-hmm. because they felt like that was taking unfair advantage of the kids they argued that you know no kid can go out and buy something on their own they've got to annoy their parents to do it (laughs) so um as a matter of fact you know one of the uh most commonly heard slogans was ask your mother to buy it you know (laughs) and if she doesn't kick her in the shit (laughs) (laughs) you know they could actually be instructors for guerrilla violence if they did that in the early 70s there was a, uh, I guess you would say, a, a campaign to make the commercials more realistic. The, the Cheerios kid couldn't get super strength from the cereal anymore. And, uh, of course, there was the the ban on uh, on program host or, or primary characters doing the commercials. So that mostly affected uh, cereals like, uh, like uh, Post Pebbles cereals. I mean, they couldn't 
pebbles couldn't survive without the Flintstones That's advertising right. it. So they could, the Flintstones could still advertise Pebbles cereal. They just couldn't do it within their own program. That's right. Or in some, or I would imagine Pe- Fruity Pebbles could not be a sponsor of the Saturday morning Flintstone shows that were That's on. That's correct. Yeah. But, uh, uh, and then, of course, you had situations like uh, Post, which had had the foresight in the in the mid '60s to take all of its serial mascots and turn them into a Saturday morning show, uh, Linus the Lionhearted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like you know, uh, today we would call that maybe not maybe not product integration, but pretty that's pretty close to it. When yeah, yeah. I mean, you can go back and and look at old episodes of that show, and it wasn't really the half-hour commercial that people might think it was, there was still a very clear definition between the cartoons and the commercials. It just so happened that you saw the same characters in both of them. But yeah, which is... The, which, the commercials were not actually a part of the story in the program, as some people might think. No, but the fact that it, it, it is a cartoon series about cereal box characters that's right <laughs> you know, the, the human mind being what they being being what it is you know psychologically that make me that may make you inclined to buy uh, a box of you know post to uh, not post toasties but what uh crispy yeah. critters crispy critters that's what i'm alphabets yep. or any of those yep so uh, yeah that was the one and only time that was ever tried i have read somewhere that uh when when uh, Quaker first got Jay Ward to come up with a proposal for the Captain Crunch campaign, the idea was that there was going to be a Captain Crunch series. But either they thought better of it or Post beat them to it. I'm not sure just which one happened on that. Although, okay, well, Captain Crunch may not have been a series, but each of those commercials, they, you know, they told a little mini story. That's right. I mean, you put all those commercials together and it was... And it could have been a very long-running series. Absolutely. And What's kind of interesting is that uh, is that Jay Ward was doing those Captain Crunch commercials for Quaker at the same time that General Mills was sponsoring his other show. That's that's right. That, that's uh, you know, right. like Hoppity Hooper and Rocky and his friends and the, the primetime Bullwinkle show. So he was... Ward was sort of a double agent in the serial business. I was, I was going to, I was going to say, you know, uh, today someone might say that's a conflict of interest, but I guess nobody, you know, n- nobody <laughs> thought of that back then. Now, apparently not, and uh, and of course uh, he stayed with with Quaker for years and years, right up until the eighties, I believe. Okay, now really important question, Tim. Okay, why is it Captain Crunch and not Captain Crunch? <laughs> they say. That originally it was going to be Captain Crunch, but during one of the early recording sessions, uh, June Foray, who played the little the little girl in his crew, she accidentally mispronounced it as Captain, C A P apostrophe N, yeah. and they liked the way it sounded so much they decided to change the whole name just on the basis of that. Yeah, and again, we're, we're talking about branding, and again, they didn't use the term back then, but you know that uh, that 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 kind of make it uh, yeah. it, it kind of flowed better, and it's it's part of the image. And of course, yeah. now of course, it, it's it's also interesting that Captain or Captain Crunch was the the first serial where the serial and the character shared the same name. Exactly, uh, and of course later, I mean Quaker Oats made a, an industry out of that with Quisp and Quake, and then General Mills got into it with Count Chocula, and pretty soon you had all these where the characters and the serial had the same name. Although although you you mentioned Quake, and you know, two things. One, I forgot about Quake, and I remember that uh, you know my, my folks would buy uh, you know, Quake 
Quake and Crisp, we were we were equal opportunity, you know. Oh, I in, see. In our family, but <laughs> they tasted uh, pretty much the same. They tasted pretty much the same, but you know, I came from a family of eleven. Uh, okay. Tim. So you know, we we would have to buy one of each to to a comp, you know, because we had a lot of kids. But the the, the we are talking about how uh, how watch groups such as ACT Action for Children's Television they started cracking down or you know or pointing out. How the, the image of violence or or hulking figures in with uh, with characters, and that was kind of reflected in the evolution of of the Quake character in that he started off looking one way, but then he had to change. Yeah, he was to start with. He was this big burly coal miner looking character, and of course William Conrad with that beautiful voice of mm-hmm. his uh, played the part, and. Um, he was he was always threatening to do something terrible to Quisp, and it looked like he really could because you know he was he was sort of like Bluto without a beard. That's right. It's just right. what he looked like. So they decided to soften his image, and they did one commercial where the old Quake jumped into an image changing machine and came out the other side <laughs> as, as his new self, which was much friendlier and skinnier, and he wasn't really a, a uh, as much of a of a superhero kind of build as he used to be and um and that was the image that he stuck with after that although i don't know at some point quaker decided there was no use in making two serials that were so identical so they actually sponsored an election for kids to vote for which for either quisp or quake and the one that lost would discontinue the serial and um quake was the one that lost <laughs> i still I still remember the commercial where they announced the results of the election, and he just hung his head and walked off the stage, and that was the last <laughs> anyone saw Quake. Yeah, and, and again, that's that's a double-edged sword, Tim. When you know what one of the and you pointed this out, um, Quisp and Quake were the first serials that used the rivalry. You know, um, one is that's better right. than the other, even though you're, they're trying to sell both. They're, the idea was one is better than the other. Right, Which, but uh, it's but but again, if 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 you go too far, uh, you know, only one will win out. And I think the reason why Quisp, you know, won out is because the character kind of reminded me of the cuckoo bird with sugar uh, with with cocoa puffs because he was That's just right. A he was he was a much more likable character, I guess. And uh, of course, I mean, we don't know. Beside behind the scenes, Quaker Oats might have decided ahead of time which one they were going to discontinue. That's true. That's that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, politics can be just as crooky, crooked there as they can in real life. Abs- you never know. Abs- the election might have been fixed. Ab- ab- absolutely, absolutely. Although uh, another interesting uh, election, and you talk about this in part of a complete breakfast. And again, it's something that I'd forgotten. Uh, but I, but uh, when I read about it, it brought me back to when I was a kid. Uh, the Tricks Rabbit, uh, yep. one of the most yep. enduring figures, uh, he was part of an uh, of an election in the seventies to try to find to try to uh, decide whether you can actually eat tricks. Yeah, that was in the during the nineteen seventy six uh, presidential campaign. They the kids could vote. They could send in their ballots from the back of the boxes and vote to. Let the rabbit eat tricks, or or conversely, no tricks are for kids. And overwhelmingly, the kids voted to let the rabbit have his bowl of tricks. So they did a commercial that uh, really had a very clever ending. They finally gave the rabbit his bowl, and he, he 
gobbled it down, and he was just in ecstasy. You know, he went berserk and bounced off the ceiling. And then he asked for some more, and they said, no, you got to wait till the next election. You only got one bowl. <laughs> so, okay, I, I guess he probably went into an institution after that. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but but when you think about it, the rabbit you know, only had to, only was given the opportunity to eat one complete bowl after that after that election campaign. But when you think about it, he he sneaked enough bites. Um, That's right. <laughs> you know, I mean, he 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 was able to get his share. He was able to yeah. have, you know. And of course, and of course, they're still doing commercials with that character. So uh, uh, a lot of these a lot of these characters do have survived all of these years, even uh, even after their original voice actors have have died off. Like uh, Thurl Ravenscroft was Tony the Tiger for about fifty two years, mm-hmm. I think, with setting some kind of a record. For voicing a a single character continuously in commercials, but um, after Thurl died, they're still using Tony the Tiger. I, I don't think he talks anymore, though. Yeah, yeah, that that'll be one of those cases where no one can match that iconic. Uh, they're great. No, no one can right. do that. No yeah. one can do he, that. Uh, he was just really distinctive with that. So I don't know when they when they use that line in the commercials now. I don't know if they're using old tape of Thurl. Uh, or if they found someone that could just deliver that one line and didn't have to say anything else. We're, we're talking about the mythic idea of how eating certain cereals would make you strong or, or, or just really revitalize you. Now, you know, to talk about how times have changed, when you think of animated characters using commercials today, uh, the, the, the idea is to sell nutritional value or a particularly... Uh, whether whether uh, whether cereal is heart healthy or good for you cholesterol, I know that's I, I know Cheerios has been that's promoting right. that idea. I don't think you even I don't think Cheerios is even marketed toward a children's audience anymore, which is just as well. That was one cereal that uh, that as a kid I just I couldn't stomach it. <laughs> Well, it, it, too plain for me. It, it was certainly plain compared to you know sugar frosted you know uh or, or flakes <laughs> or, or or even honey nut Cheerios, which is probably more of a kid's cereal. But while you know while while we're talking a little bit how you know times have changed and politics and you know watch groups and stuff like that, do you have any thoughts um, on the recent controversy? Involving Cheerios and the the portrayal of the biracial couple that uh, you know upset certain certain no, factions. I, of course, I really I didn't hear that much about it. I, I did hear that something was going on along that lines, but uh, I guess that maybe it's a good thing that those that the, the the people weren't animated characters. Well, yeah, <laughs> they have something else to complain. Well, about. that's that. Well, it. it I, my only comment about that is, you know, some people will be upset about anything. You yeah, know? Uh, and that's about what it amounts to. You, yeah. you can't please everyone, especially today. <laughs> you, you, especially, especially today, but it, it is a reflection of how ideas of what makes a couple and what makes a family change. And I'm, I'm, I for one am glad that uh, G- uh, General Mills has not pulled the commercial, at least as of this recording, they've not pulled the commercial, yeah, so that's, yeah. that's good for them. We're talking to Tim Hollis. Tim is the author of Part of a Complete Breakfast, Serial Characters of the Baby Boom Era. We'll continue our conversation with Tim after this quick time out here on TV Confidential. Ladies and gentlemen, before your very eyes, the Quaker Oats Company will now introduce two new cereals. 
I'm Crisp. The Crisp new cereal from outer space. The biggest selling cereal from Saturn to Alpha Centauri. Crisp is sugary sweet and vitamin charged to give you crazy energy. What's new with you? I am Quake, the power cereal from inner space. Here at the Earth's core, I make Quake with deep down sweetness and vitamins to give you the power of an earthquake. Get Quake. Crisp is better. Uh, fellas, why not leave it to the kids out there? Take sides with either Quake or Quisp. Or Quake. Or Quisp. Two new cereals from Quaker. <laughs> sort of a breakfast feud. Ed Robertson, hoping you're enjoying this encore presentation of TV Confidential. We'll be back with a brand new edition of the program next week. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 866-490-3991-866-490-3991-866-490-3991. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.